0: Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, the strong and powerful Joanne Giardini Russell. Joanne, are you ready to do this?
1: I am. Excellent. Thanks, George.
0: Let's do this. Joanne is the uh. owner and Medicare guru at Boomer Health Group. She's passionate about simplifying the confusing process and helping people stop overpaying for health care. I'm excited to have you on. Joanne, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, sure will. So um, my personal life ties into uh, professional. So I've got 30 years of experience in, in insurance, basically. I'm 53. Um, I'm a Spartan from Michigan State. I've got five... Uh, kids who got blended, my three, his two, Um, tied into uh, my work in insurance. My kids grew up in insurance, basically. And then a few years ago, we kind of all, my 25-year-old, 23-year-old, and I kind of saw this uh, little niche of Medicare that's just not being addressed or handled well. Um, That's kind of a long story, but I I know a lot of people in the financial space or CPA space or group space or Medicare is getting uh, fallen through the cracks. And so what we do, and I work with my adult kids, which is why I talk about them, but we um, fix that. So we are an agency here in Michigan. There's six agents full time right now that we work across the country and seriously just fix problems every hour on the hour uh, with Medicare or trying to avoid problems, I should say. So there's a lot of crossover in the personal and professional. Um, we love what we do. I love working with my kids and others. Um, so we have a blast um, actually handling just something that's complex for the world. So nice. Here we are. Yeah.
0: Well, family can be a complex thing, and work can be a complex thing. So yeah. why not bring them together? I, I like it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Perfect. Fun. So yeah. So let's just go big. What what is Medicare anyway?
1: Yeah, wow. Medicare, Medicare, in a nutshell, it is the health care system for those people age 65 and up that are now eligible for it, or folks that are on disability for two years after they're on disability for two solid years, uh, they're uh, given Medicare, uh, should they desire that. So really, it's just it's just your health care. So it's a it's a big enigmatic uh, thing out there that everyone almost makes over complex, but it's just health insurance. So we come along when people are ready um, or should be ready, or maybe shouldn't be ready for that thing called Medicare. And it's uh, comprised of part A and part B, and that's where people start to get confused. And uh, one part is part A, which is hospitals, and it's generally free. And then part B is all the rest of it. It really it's doctors and x-rays and chemo and radiation and everything else that uh, you get doctoring for. And there's a charge that goes along with that. So we coach people through what the charge is, how do you pay for it, all that kind of stuff. But I don't want to dig too much into that. Just know that it's healthcare care and it's uh, part A and part B.
0: Got it. And how long has Medicare been around? I'm just going to throw you a couple since curveballs since
1: actually here. Actually, it's fun. Yeah, no, it's fun. It's since 1965 and that's the year I was born. Oh. So I get to go and speak and say, look, I was born when Medicare was. So it's kind of cool.
0: And it was born on uh, just, just the need years to ago. need to take care of, of people as as we age.
1: Yes. One of our big it is a, the biggest uh, social program out there. So a lot of the uh, you know, political stuff, Medicare for all and such like that. And we get a lot of questions, do you think it's gonna go away? And I don't think it's ever gonna go away. I think it can change. Um, it's generally it's a good system, but um, it was born for the need, you know it's it's changing and, and think back to nineteen sixty five, people weren't living 100 105 right so it has its problems, but um it just i think it needs a little tweaking but i think it can be done or we'll see but um it's a great program so if you do medicare right it's fabulous insurance it really is
0: Uh, i'd love to have it okay so you'd love to have it but not everybody can when Mm -hmm. when when can i have it and and how do i know
1: So you are eligible at 65 years old. So this is something we harp on over and over again. In fact, I was just reading a a national publication recently, and um, they have inaccurate information. Uh, It kind of says that when you're eligible for Medicare, you have to go sign up. So again, I I just told people that if you're eligible at 65 years old, Um, you don't always need to go sign up, however. So the only thing I would say at that time period is when When you're 64 and a half, um, start talking to somebody about Medicare. You know, you might not need it till you're like, I just got off the phone with someone who's 69 years old. Now he needs Medicare. He didn't need us for the last four years. He's been on group insurance. So as people work longer, um, you know, there's 74 year olds that are just newly retiring. They don't necessarily need Medicare Um, But there's people that are 65 and don't have another option, then they need Medicare. So the hardest part with Medicare is the fact that there is no easy answer. There's no magic bullet of, oh, you have to sign up um, right here. If it were, we wouldn't really have, you know, the value that we do have for people. So, um, but you got to start looking at it and have a conversation at 64 and a half. And that's all you really need to know.
0: Okay. Fair enough. So you hit 64 and a half. You start to evaluate whether or not it makes sense for you to get on it or not. Is there a rule of thumb right. that says that I've got, I've got benefits at work or it definitely is so complex that it depends on the plan that you have at work and everything else that you just need to talk about it.
1: Bingo. Exactly. So, uh, my son dealt with someone last week who that was exactly the situation. So the, she's the employee, the wife, um, but he is turning 65. So our, I would say our generic or general rule of thumb is a little bit towards, Hey, you don't need us because you're on group insurance, but we always ask the question, well, how much are you going to pay for his group insurance? And in this case it was $900 a month, meaning the employer wasn't subsidizing any of it for the spouse. So if that's the case, then we say, well, heck, get him out of there and get him onto Medicare where it's $125 a month for phenomenal coverage. So that's, not typical but there is never ever ever the time where we just say a carte blanche um, hey you're good with group insurance because it could be a group of five people which is different rules because it's under 20 or it could be not so good coverage or maybe they have health conditions that they're better off with Medicare so there is definitely no you know there's no there again there's no bullet where we can just say always oh, stay group coverage
0: there exists nuance That's
1: our value <laughs> right right
0: got right. it so um right. just something that popped in my mind so let's assume that that we have a husband and a wife and the wife works it mm-hmm. and and she has the benefits and she turns 65 years old and her her husband is stay-at-home dad and he's 60 can right. can she go on medicare and he gets the medicare benefits
1: no Nope. So that when that case, then that's a person that we would say, well, where's your husband insured? And she says, well, he's on my plan and he's only 60. So we would say, well, and that's the case you'd have to basically, you should stay on the group plan for him. Got it. Otherwise you're in the situation where we're pulling her out and then the group plans no longer available to that 60 year old. So he has to go buy something in the open market hmm. and there is no family plan or anything coordinated like that with Medicare. Everybody's individual. So no, nope.
0: Got it. Okay. And I have to imagine that if I miss a, miss a deadline that I'm going to get slapped on the hand or maybe punched in the face with, with some kind of a penalty.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I've got to do the case of that. So over the weekend I was wrapping up um, a 71 year old um, female and not wrapping up, which is actually starting to dive into the complexity. So she's 71 years old and she's been on Cobra insurance uh, for a solid year. Now, in Medicare land, you have eight months to get out of the COBRA insurance and go over and file for your Medicare, which she did not do. So on top of it, she's 71 years old. And with Medicare, you have to then approach the Social Security Administration with a whole bunch of forms. She has to show that she's had coverage someplace from age 65 to age 71. She, at this point, cannot string together all of those pieces of, of information. She's also, to throw a third dinger in here, is she's a high-income person, high net worth. So my calculations is looking like, she number one, she missed an enrollment period. So she's kind of going to get hosed there. She's going to have to go in in January, February, or March, and her coverage will not start till July 1st of this year. And then when she gets to July 1st of this year, uh, she's going to have a heck of a penalty. And if she can't string together her proof of coverage, she's probably looking at $200 a month of a penalty and it's for the rest of her life. So she lives to 90, right? You're talking 50, $60,000 just because she missed enrollment times and she didn't track her coverage years together. Wow. That is huge.
0: Very huge. Punitive.
1: And she very punitive and people don't realize it's until the day you die. You can, it's not a, you pay a one time uh, penalty, you keep it forever. So that her problem could have completely been avoided by that person at 64 and a half, just checking in with us. You know, what do I need to do? She was fine to do what she did up until the point of, of, of not getting off the Cobra. There's a lot of snafus with Cobra that people don't understand. And just like this, she had eight months to get off of that. She had no idea and here she is a year out and she's stuck. Then she, she also could have coverage issues because Cobra not like a primary insurance for her. So Hope to God she doesn't have any health issues because her claims could actually be denied. So it's a royal mess. That is a a big mess but again, it's just it could be avoided and um, It's tough we can't we can only fix so much right so for her I I can't fix a whole lot I can you know tell her what to do when to do it But at this point we can't fix her problems, which is too bad.
0: Yeah a cautionary tale Okay, so how does Medicare handle pre-existing conditions?
1: That's a, that's a good one. So we are all have been indoctrined to Obamacare, no pre-existing conditions. It's starting to peak up in the, in the news a little bit. But we're also used to not having to deal with pre-existing conditions that people, when they're 65 plus, they still assume that there's, there's no bearing uh, of that topic. But that's wrong. So um, my 69-year-old, sorry that I just talked to you this morning, he is approaching, he's a good example. So he is approaching Medicare now. He's going to get his Part B of Medicare. Um, again, he's 69 years old, so the reason he's not going to have any problem with pre-existing conditions is that he's coming to me um, saying, "Hey, I just signed up for my Part B, which is great." When somebody's new to Medicare and which means new to Part B of that coverage, they have six months to come and work with us or anybody else to go get something we call Medigap, which is really good coverage without any health questions being asked. As I just explained to this gentleman on the phone, that if you don't get this right now, and he's got some issues, nothing really significant, but enough that, you know, he might have problems applying later. But I said to him, if you come back to me in three years and you realize the coverage you chose wasn't so great and you want the good kind called Medigap, uh, we're gonna have to underwrite you and you're gonna have to answer health questions. So if you have a stent put in, if you get diagnosed with something, you have cancer, you know, who knows. Um, there's definitely a chance you're not going to get um, uh, approved. So people don't understand that. They're not taught the difference of, of the two different types of policies you can buy, uh, can buy. And they're not taught that there are pre-existing conditions that are, can be really problematic. So I have people out there that have been trying for years. We've been trying to get them moved back to Medigap um, because they have cancers. So we kind of have to follow them along. Um, it's not that you can never get approved. It's just that there's maybe a five-year look back or a two-year look back or whatever the carrier will ask. So it's a it's a big deal because when are you most likely to have your 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 pre-existing or your conditions exist right when as you're old as you're older right. you know people in my world aren't sixty five plus and generally getting healthier it goes the other way and a lot of them just don't understand it until they um you know unfortunately they're laying in a skilled nursing facility or something and they realize their coverage isn't what they thought it was going to be and that's horrible and yeah. that's where we get unfixable situations coming in so that, it's a big deal that's really exactly deal.
0: right. All right, so factoring this into retirement, I'm sure it plays a massive part because of the cost of health care. So yeah. talk a little bit about that, please.
1: Massive, massive, massive. Yeah, there's a couple areas, especially when you're tying it into your planner, like you guys, George, it's like when you're, when you're dealing with folks even at 55 years old, um, a lot of these folks don't understand that at 65, when you enter your Medicare years, that is uh, charge for your premium is actually based on income, or it's it's um, your tax essentially if you're a high income earner. So we work with financial folks too, and just trying to you know get you all to just kind of relay and, and work that back into the conversation at fifty five, um, build out maybe tax free buckets and things like that because it's based on your modified adjusted growth when you get to that eligibility. And it's not very easy to turn on a dime in your world either, George. At sixty-five, and just say, "Oh, now I want tax-free income, and let's just snap our fingers and have it appear." Right? It doesn't work that way. So there's some planning that goes in on your side that we try and work with and introduce, because um, we don't want to be the person telling them when they get there. It's like, "Oh, it's going to cost you four sixty a month," and they thought it was going to be cheaper or whatever. So there's that part of planning. That's purely uh, financial, trying to keep your premiums down. And the other portion of planning is really understanding what you pick as your Medicare supplement. That is huge in terms of long term costs. So there's Medigap and there's Medicare Advantage. They're two distinct types. If you choose the wrong one, you could have massive copays and more out of pockets than you thought. You might have uh, skilled nursing, for example. We see people that have zero skilled nursing coverage, you know, none. So all of a sudden you're in a rehab facility after a knee for three weeks, that's a couple thousand dollars. You start adding that stuff up over, over a lifetime and it, it's a giant swing. So understanding your coverage is, is super critical um, and then really planning, planning for those things. And I will say too, when you talk about retirement, we always like to throw it back to you folks, George, that look, um, we tell your clients that Medicare is not going to pay, uh, pay for long-term care meaning classic long-term care. So you need to go back to your advisor and devise some strategy to deal with it. Um, We're not advocating or not advocating products or whatever. There's a lot of solutions that you all can come up with with for long-term care. I just want you to understand that Medicare doesn't pay for that. So when I'm talking long-term care, I'm talking, you know, custodial, um, cleaning services, cooking services, driving you places, things like that. Medicare does not cover that. Medicare is healthcare. So the people that call us when their mother is 93 and they need custodial care, it's, it's not going to work. We, we can't do that. We don't handle long-term care either. Uh, we only handle Medicare. So that's all we're doing in our space. There's plenty and gobs of people for us. But we always want you to go back to advisors like you to talk about the long-term care conversation with, you know, you know how it is, the entire family actually. Yeah. It's probably I, a, a pretty good place to start because you know how messy long-term care situations can get
0: certainly can be with so much complexity I, I always I always hope that people do a little bit do a little bit of work or a lot of work and educate themselves but also mm-hmm. to talk to a professional like like you who, who do you advocate that people talk to and get advice from
1: it when in the Medicare space I would just be careful to get people that really 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 just do Medicare so a lot of times, You might have group insurance people and we work with a lot of the group insurance people so the the good ones are very open to us coming in and doing our medicare piece because they know they do group insurance well we don't do group insurance we don't do under 65 healthcare we only do the medicare piece but often you can have a, a small business owner for example has this person that's been handling the group insurance for 12 years and then the owner become 65 and they just say, well, I can do that for you. Just because they can do that for you doesn't mean they're going to give you the right advice. Uh, Medicare is very, very different than under 65 healthcare. So just because an agent can be an agent, don't let that sort of cloud uh, your your information over. You really need um, somebody specialized in the Medicare conversation. And there are definitely areas um, or in the country, there's some um, agencies that are very, very good. Um, some that I would absolutely refer to if there's something we couldn't do. um, You just have to be super careful with Medicare because again, there's just, it's it's not, it's an easy one to screw up. And I had no idea, you know, going back seven, eight years ago, I had no idea. I have healthy parents. I didn't have any reason to pay attention to this stuff. Um, But once you start digging and and that's why we do absolutely nothing but Medicare. So I'm, I'm an advocate of specialists, however, too, you know, long-term care specialists. I'm, I'm, I think everybody has their, their place in the world. And I think if you're, you're um, maybe your advisor even has just, you know, hey, we can do everything for you. One-stop shopping. I would, you know, the red flags I think would go up in my head. Uh, just be very careful. Get second opinions even. Get second and third opinions. I would, I'm happy if someone gets a, a second, third opinion on my information. I
0: know? like it.
1: And if they're more comfortable elsewhere, go, go somewhere else. That's great.
0: Yeah, by all means. Well, Joanne, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making
1: tip. What do you have for them? Difference making tip is value. And it all goes back to that 71 year old with the mess right now. We could have fixed her at 64 and a half. So we are, um, I think our, our value is just education and it's specialization and, and staying there and just staying in our lane and doing what we do well. And you know, we do a good job with it. Well,
0: I think that is great stuff. That definitely gets a come on. Come on. Joanne, thank you so much for coming on the show. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? How can they engage with you and your firm?
1: be great. If you go to the website, it's www.boomerhealthgroup.com. It's B-O-O-M-E-R healthgroup.com. If you go on the website, you can actually schedule consultations with our advisors. Um, very easy. Hop on their calendar. There's a chat function We introduced because our millennials um, said it was a good idea and it really is. It's really fun. So we get a lot of, of people just popping up on chats. So feel free to ask a question. There's no fee. There's nothing, you know, we don't charge anything when you pop up and ask questions. And even in our consults, we don't uh, charge fees. We're paid by insurance companies, just like your home and auto folks are. So there's no harm in asking a question. So thank you, George.
0: Excellent. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed Great. this as much as I did, show Joanne your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to boomerhealthgroup.com get some questions answered, look at them as a resource, which they most certainly are. Thank you again, Joanne.
1: Thank you. It was great. Appreciate it.
0: And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing, leave us a review, and definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on!